It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. I mean, stop singer. Toss on off the first. In time to get seven. Three-run homer. Robinson can off the lefty specialist, Fernando Abad. And the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Leonis Martin with a walk-off. Two-run home run. And the king, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Four in a row. Mariners win their fourth game in a row yesterday. Ichiro returns to Safeco Field. And the Mariners beat Miami. A very impressive outing for Miranda. He was outstanding. The starting pitching has been very good for the M's. And they get the win 6-1 to one over the Marlins as the M's crawl closer to 500. Now 6-8 and eight on the season and 5-2 and two at Safeco Field now. So a nice win for the Mariners as they broke out the long ball of the highlights in just a moment. Get some reaction from after the ball game. Josh Kearns with his first feature of the season. This one on the Griffey statue, which is excellent. That comes up. Also bullpen banter. Usually on Mondays, but it was jam-packed yesterday, so push to today. So bullpen banter, Josh Kearns here in a moment as well. For the Mariners, game one of this three-game series against Miami, looking to keep the roll going. It's funny, Ichiro with Miami. The last time Miami was at Safeco Field, Ichiro was with the Mariners and played on the road team because of the U2 concert. In 2011, Miami was the home team in that three-game series. Felix, that's how he got his career Safeco Field hit. So Ichiro back on the road, this time in a Miami uniform. Good to see Ichiro, a ceremony before the ball game, commemorating his time with Seattle. Also 3,000 hits now. He was in the starting lineup, batting ninth. Got a really great ovation in his first at-bat. So that was great to see. So he was in left field for Miami, but uh, the Mariners stealing the show, the current M's stealing the show, and really going to work in the very first inning. They put three runs on the board. Robinson Cano landing a giant blow in the first, an absolute bomb. The 1-2 to Robbie, swinging a drive, deep into the gap in right center field, going and going, goodbye baseball. Way up the bleachers in right center field. Robbie Cano hit a tee shot. His second home run of the season. This one off of Tom Kohler. And just like that, the Mariners have an early 2-0 lead over the Marlins. And Nelson Cruz would come up next batter. Another big swing. The 1-1 pitch to Nelly. Swing and a drive. Deep straightaway center field. Yelich going back. Back. Goodbye baseball. Straight away center field. Cano and Cruz go back to back. 
here in the bottom of the first inning, and it's 3-0 Mariners over the Marlins. Number two on the year for Nelly Cruz. So three on the board in the first, and back to work in the fourth. It was Robinson Cano again. The pitch on the way, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in left center field. Ichiro on the run, and this one is going to be off the wall. Dyson will score from third. Cano to second. The throw to second by Ichiro, not in time. Robbie Cano with a two-out RBI double here in the bottom of the fourth inning. And it's now the Mariners five and the Marlins nothing. What a night for Cano, his third run banded in. Yeah, having a really big night and a little bit of history as well for Robbie. It's it's amazing already in his career where he's at in terms of some of the career marks for doubles and extra base hits. Last night, it was double 483 in his career as he's getting closer to 500. He passed Brooks Robinson on the all-time list. The same night, the home run and double gave him 796 extra base hits. He passes Johnny Bench and Roberto Alomar on that list. So passing Hall of Famers on his way to history. Pretty impressive stuff. So great night for Cano. He goes two for four, drives in three, socks the home run. And the Mariners weren't done playing long ball as Motter hit a huge one. Upper deck. There's the pitch. Swing and a drive. Deep to left field. This one ain't coming back. Goodbye baseball. Upper deck. Taylor Motter with his third home run of the season. Last one out of here, straight away left field. Almost hit the guy with the cotton candy in the upper deck in left field. Motter with a blast, and it's now the Mariners six and the Marlins nothing. Holy smokes, what a shot off the bat of Taylor Motter. He destroyed it, and it's amazing now. Mariners shortstops have hit four home runs this season. That's tied for the most in the big leagues with Cleveland. Francisco Lindor has four on his own. But Motter, I, I, it's not a surprise, I guess, if you would have come into the season saying the Mariners at this point have four home runs from their shortstop, and you would assume Segura is off to a great start. What's remarkable is he's been on the disabled list, and yet here they are with four home runs from the position, and Motter has three of them. He's tied for second in the big leagues with all shortstops and home runs. There are seven teams in the majors right now that have zero homers from their shortstops, and here's Motter just hitting lasers all over the yard, just crushing the baseball. He has been remarkable. So the offense playing long ball, but the story again, starting pitching, Miranda was outstanding. Here's the pitch. Swing and a foul tip into the glove of Mike Zanino for strike three. Real Muto goes down swinging. Back-to-back strikeouts for Ariel Miranda here in the top of the fifth. He now has four strikeouts tonight. And now Miranda has retired 14 of the 15 batters he's faced. The 1-0. Swing and a sharp ground ball. It's gobbled up by Motter on the first base side of second over in the shift. Up from his knees, he throws down to first base. And Justin Bohr is eaten up alive by the Mariners' shift for out number three. Seven nearly flawless innings here tonight from Ariel Miranda. No runs on only four hits. He was outstanding. Seven innings, his final line. Four hits, no runs, no walks, and five strikeouts for Miranda. 97 pitches as he takes the win home.
Mariners rotation continues to be impressive. The M's rotation, a 3.07 ERA as a group. That is behind the Royals, who have the best rotation in Major League Baseball at 2-3-1, the Cubs at 2-8-3, the Twins at 2-8-4, and then the Mariners, the fourth best, the Astros right behind at 3-2-5. So 14 games in, a 3-0-7 ERA as a group, 63 strikeouts and 82 innings pitched. Opponents batting just 239. And it's a 1.15 whip so far for the rotation. And really, other than the uh, last start for Iwakuma, you know, outside of that, the rotation has been brilliant. I mean, they're getting good, consistent, quality starts. And again, with missing Smiley uh, out until about June. But uh, Miranda has really picked up the slack and pitched really, really well. So the Mariners take game one of the series 6-1. to one. Here's the thoughts from the skipper after the ball game, Scott Service. Great, great outing by Ariel tonight. Uh, really, you know, pitched much different tonight than last time out. I think last time out he threw a lot of off-speed pitches. Um, tonight was very aggressive with his fastball, and it's great to see uh, really in control of the game. You know, the whole night he had a little hiccup in there in the sixth, kind of like his last outing in the sixth, and uh, he got through it, and uh, uh, happy for him. Uh, he's throwing the ball really well. Uh, against a team that's really, you know, the middle of their lineup is, is tough. You know, they can really swing the bat. So um, we needed it tonight uh, to go as deep as he did. We used a ton of bullpen guys yesterday, so it's it's nice to uh, not have to go so deep in our bullpen tonight. Getting, getting deeper from him seems to be a big, a, a big step, right? It, it is. I think, you know, um, keeping the pitch count in check is, is important. I think, you know, guys third time around when they kind of see what his repertoire is they seem to make adjustments uh, because he can kind of get on you you know his delivery and the ball kind of jumps on you pretty good so uh, but he's learning he's maturing I thought uh, Zanino did a really nice job uh, behind the plate tonight with him you know mixing his stuff and going to the off speed when he needs it. Scott how important is it establishing the fastball for him? Oh it's huge yeah and that's what he lives off of and he should I mean he's got nice ride up in the zone uh, but he's uh Secondary pitches, the, the split change he throws has really come along. He threw some pretty good sliders tonight uh, to some, some decent left-handed hitters. So, uh, um, again, his confidence is growing, you know, uh, not you know, making our team originally out of camp and then with the smiley injury and stepping up like he has. I mean, that's why we had the depth. And when Jerry put the club together, you know, you know you're going to need six, seven, eight starters sometimes. So it's nice for him to step in and then, you know, just pick up like he left off last year. Hey, the back-to-back from your two big guys in the first sitting had to be really nice to see to get both of them going. Yeah, you know, Robbie absolutely crushed the ball, and, and uh, Cruz, he said he didn't get it all, but that's Nelson <laughs> Cruz. Uh, uh, I think Todd, Taylor Motter got all uh, the one that he hit. So, uh, um, obviously, you know, coming out, you know, it's not great to see those guys kind of pick it up and get it going. You know, that's, that's what drives the train is, is the middle of our lineup. And, you know, uh, just hopefully get them in a nice, consistent rhythm. That would be great here. Um, Hopefully, win this series. Robbie's had a few ugly bats here and there. What have you seen from him coming in? Uh, you know, he, he hasn't, you know, of all the guys, you know, he probably gets a little anxious at times. He wants to do it sometimes too bad um, instead of letting the pitcher come to him and getting his pitch to hit. And I think, uh, you know, the first at bat tonight was great, deeper into count. He got a changeup or something up in the zone and, and put a great swing on it. So um, sometimes a little bit too anxious um, instead of letting the game come to him. Motor's not a real big guy, but Seems to. Yes, the ball jumps off his bat very good, and uh, you know, he's a good fastball hitter. Uh, looking for his pitch, he's getting it. He ain't missing it. Uh, really, 
He's, he's brought uh, a very nice spark to our team. Um, I know it's the character and it's the hair and all the other stuff, but you know you can do all those things, but you still got to be a good player. Otherwise, it doesn't do anything. And, and uh, he's played great. Really stepped up when we needed him with Segura being down. Hey, when Segura comes back, do you need to find a spot for him if he keeps swinging like this? You know, I think it kind of fits into our original plan. He's so versatile. He is versatile. He can play anywhere. And boy, what a nice weapon to have. And Modder's just playing so well right now. Segura's getting healthy, and he'll be back in just a couple of days as well. So makes the Mariners that much deeper and a guy that can play anywhere on the field, which is a good, good thing. Speaking of Modder, here he is after the ball game. Ball's not supposed to carry this time of year. You get that one in the upper deck. Hit a ball in a barrel and watch it go, I guess. Uh, we've been hitting the ball well lately. We've been pitching really good lately, too, so... It's all finally coming together. How about them when the middle of that lineup starts popping them out like they did in the first inning? Then it makes everything flow. Yeah, everything's good. Uh, we see those big guys start hitting. It makes everything easier on us. We know they're getting into a groove. Our pitching's getting into a groove. Us younger guys are getting into a groove. Everything's starting to come together. How good was Miranda playing behind him? Oh, he was unbelievable tonight. Was the best I've ever seen him pitch, and I hope he does that the rest of the year. Taylor, Scott said you're getting, you're finding your pitch and you're not missing it. Is that what it feels like right now that you're working yourself to find the pitches you want to hit? Yeah, I, I think it's helping that I'm getting my fastballs and you know I, I had a slider out the other night, but I'm getting pitches up in the zone or pitches that I can handle. And, and like you said, I'm not missing them. Have you, have you had a stretch like this where you felt kind of this locked in though, where it just feels like everything's kind of going right? 2015, I, I played pretty well in Durham, um, but not on this scale, not on this level. How close did you think you were to getting another homer? I knew I barreled it. I didn't know how far I got it, but uh, 331 out there is pretty big, so you know, each row made a good catch. And just hoping it went out, but it didn't. You guys have rattled off four straight now. What have you guys kind of found since that off day to kind of get locked in and, and put this run together? You know, we, get, we got that off day. We regrouped, showed up back to the field, and we've had great pitching performances every night, and the hitters come together as well. I mean, pitchers give up one run, no runs every game. We're going to win a lot of ball games. So there it is, Taylor Motter after another impressive ball game. Mariners get the win. They take game one of the series. And now they're looking for a series win, trying to get back-to-back series wins after sweeping aside the Rangers. And they'll face a familiar face, former Baltimore pitcher Wei-In Chen. The lefty will take the ball for the Marlins. He has scuffled to start 1-0 with a 7.00 ERA. His first start of the season went very well. In New York against the Mets, went six, gave up seven hits, one run, a walk, and five strikeouts. His next start, also against the Mets, didn't go so well. Three innings, seven hits, six runs, including a couple of home runs, no walks, and three punchouts. He is obviously very familiar with Safeco Field pitching for Baltimore as he'll take the ball for the Marlins in game one of the series. Gallardo will go for the Mariners. 0-1 with a 6-3-0 ERA so far in two starts. Mariners have lost both his starts so far. His first one against the Angels went five innings, gave up three. His second start against the Astros went five and gave up four earned and walked four and fanned two. So Chen against Gallardo. And then game three of the series, day baseball from Safeco Field. We will be podcast-less podcast less day baseball from safeco field 1241st pitch on wednesday is that a word i may have made that up felix hernandez the king will go on wednesday against the marlins 1240 that should be 
a beauty of a matchup, especially the way Felix Hernandez has been going so far. And we'll see. Mariners will either be going for a series win or perhaps they will be going for a sweep coming up on Wednesday. Also, Ichiro dual bobblehead giveaway as well. Cool-looking bobbleheads. We were in Cincinnati last year for King Griffey Jr. Day in Cincinnati, and they gave away a cool bobblehead, a, a dual one, where he was wearing a Mariners uniform on one side of it and a Reds uniform on the other. Mariners giving away an Ichiro bobblehead with Ichiro in a Marlins uniform, 3,000 hits, and, of course, the majority, the vast majority of those in a Mariners uniform. So Volquez against Hernandez on Wednesday. Looking forward to tomorrow. 7-10, first pitch from Safeco Field. Hopefully see you out there as the Mariners go for a series win. All right, bullpen banter time. Let's hand it over to Dan Altavilla. Joining us today is reliever Tony Zick. Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where'd you grow up and what are some things you had to do to get here? Uh, I grew up in Illinois, about an hour south of Chicago. Went to college at Louisville. Uh, got drafted out of Louisville to the Cubs in the fourth round. Spent a few years there. Got traded over here in 2015 and then uh, made it up. From what I know, you were a two-way guy at Louisville. Uh, what position did you play? Second. Yeah, I went there as a second baseman and then essentially closer and they took uh, the ball away from me or they took the bat, <laughs> bat away from me after I started throwing a little harder so sophomore year was pretty much just pitching. So if we make it in the extra innings you're the guy to go to as an extra player? Oh yeah yeah I'll get a bunt down you know whatever you need. Who were some of your favorite players as a kid and uh, why? I think Derek Jeter was my favorite growing up you know being a two-way guy like you said uh, I really liked the way he played the infield. And once I kind of converted to pitching, I loved watching Kimbrell, uh, Mariano Rivera, obviously closers that, that were unbelievable. So, yeah. Right, I can see that. Um, so what person had the biggest impact on you as far as you becoming a major league player? Uh, I'm going to say my dad. You know, it just pushed me hard young to work hard and, and, you know, taught me the game when I was young. And, and he was just always riding me to, to give my best and, and thankfully it worked out. I can agree that all parents are there for us all the time. So um, did you always play baseball um, or did you play any other sports growing up? I played football until high school, played on the golf team a little bit in high school. That was about it, just did a lot of hunting. What's your handicap? Well, when I was real good, I could shoot in the 70s, but I haven't played that much and I don't know right now. Oh, okay, that's pretty good. Uh, what has been your best moment so far in your career? I think making my debut, uh, obviously, that's an unbelievable moment. And then uh, right now, uh, being able to make it back from an injury and, and be a part of the team. Uh, that's awesome. We're glad to have you back. Uh, besides me, who has the best smile on the team? I, I mean, I mean, yours is second to none, brother. So I got to go with you. <laughs> oh, man. Nice guy here. So who's the best dresser on the team? Ooh, that's a tough one. A lot of different styles. Uh, I think I hold down the redneck dressing. <laughs> Valencia had a pretty good outfit on yesterday. I don't know what that was, but it was <laughs> it was outstanding. So we're going to go with Valencia. All right, we got a lot of interesting dressers. What about Chooch? He always shows up. Oh, yeah, Chooch is always dressed real nice. Uh, he's also got a good good little cowboy dress uh, attire, so that's good. Um, but, you know, a guy as professional as him always looks good. So if you weren't playing Major League Baseball, what would you be doing? Hunting, hands down. I'd be hunting. I'd be in the woods every day. 
Did you have a, a regular job before baseball, or was it always just baseball? I did a little odds and ends growing up. I helped my dad. He was an electrician, worked with him a little bit. Uh, my aunt and uncle owned a pizza place. I delivered a few times for them. That was interesting. Just a little odds and ends, nothing, nothing uh, locked in. Okay, so you're a pretty handy guy? Yeah, so I can get stuff done. Uh, we work a lot in the off-season. We've you know, at my place, we've built a few barns and sheds and, and fixed up houses and stuff, so I could, I could do a little bit of stuff. There you go. That's awesome. So what has been your funniest moment on the baseball field? Oh, funniest. That's a tough one. I don't even know. I don't know if I got one. <laughs> I would have to think about that one. All right. That's I okay. I don't smile like you do as much. <laughs> so, okay. So what's your favorite type of food and your favorite meal? I think uh, steak dinner. I'm just, I love steak dinner, so try to go to a steakhouse at least once a week and then when i'm back home obviously i eat a lot of deer like i said i hunt a lot so backstraps is the best thank you tony zick very much now it's time for josh kearns our first of what i hope is many josh kearns features this year you could feel the anticipation as Mariners greats like Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, and Dan Wilson, along with family, friends, dignitaries, and executives past and present, eagerly awaited the unveiling. Today, Ken's legacy will live forever at the front door of this fabulous ballpark. A fabulous ballpark many would say should be called the house that Junior built. And he was clearly moved about the whole thing when we chatted afterwards. You should yeah. be out there always. Yeah. Uh, a little frightening. Uh, <laughs> I'll make it used to it, but uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, when he when he told me it was, I, I took a step back, like, huh? Because I, he said I'd like to talk to you about something, and I thought he was just going to talk about baseball stuff, and he was like, no, think about uh, what do you think about a statue? And I was like, what? And he was like, what do you think about a statue? And, and you want to say of who? Uh, and then he looked at me like, you, dummy. Not he, he's referring to as Mariners president, Kevin Mather. Now, the statue itself is just glorious. Seven feet of gleaming bronze. It depicts Junior in his famous home run finish, standing atop a polished four-foot-tall granite base. The detail is just amazingly meticulous, all the way down to his signature shoes, even his Jackie Robinson patch. And his achievements are etched in the sides. It was created by sculptor Lou Sella, who also crafted the Dave Niehaus statue above center field on the main concourse. It was really special to me. The name really means something to the sport. And um, my two passions in life are sculpting and baseball. So when I have the opportunity to combine those elements, uh, it it's, it's really means a lot to me. Sella worked with the Mariners to come up with the idea, and then he poured over pictures. But he didn't have to go far. He told me that he found a Sports Illustrated with Junior on the cover that he had saved from when he was a young man following Griffey. And he said that it was that grace, that beauty of Junior's swing on the cover of Sports Illustrated was what he wanted to capture in the sculpture. And for a guy who has created sculptures of many of baseball's legends, including Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth, players like that, this was one of the first players he actually watched play throughout his career. I'm looking at personality. I'm looking at the focus of what's coming through him, through his eyes. Uh, you, you're playing a game of shadows in the artwork. So we want to not just have this look like Ken Griffey. We want this to feel like Ken Griffey. And, and in, in getting that, you get the feeling of life in the piece. And after taking a close look, Junior says the artist nailed it. It's nice. Look like me. Good extension. <laughs> Eyesight was in the right spot. 
looking up. Not high, but you know, I, you know, I'm looking at that's probably four fifty ish. Just four fifty. You don't want to go any further than that. Go any further than that, they expect it. Four fifty is right there at the threshold. Now, a little late not to be setting expectations high. One of the cool things about the junior statue is that it's outside Safeco Field rather than inside the ballpark. And Mariner spokesperson Rebecca Hale says that was a critical part of the planning. Folks are going to be able to see it, to touch it, to have their photo taken in front of it every day of the year. You don't have to have a ticket to the ball game. If you're here in January, you can still go out there and see it and experience it. And that's what it really is all about. That was one of the things that we thought was most important, was to make sure that it was something that all fans were going to be able to share and enjoy. And what a year it's been for Junior. Hall of Fame induction, his number retired in Seattle, and now the statue. And he remains humble and grateful. It's been a whirlwind for you know, 18 months, January of last year to, to even now, um, you know, it's hard to describe, you know, I just try to just sit back and try not to do anything because I don't want to mess it up, but, uh, you know, they've, uh, you know, as, as I was told at the, the Hall of Fame that, uh, the party that the Mariners threw was the best party that any organization has ever thrown. But he's hopeful there'll be another party in the not-too-distant future when his teammate and good friend Edgar gets inducted into the hall as well. For the Mariners Sunday Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting. And finally, the man they call Scrabble. Anytime you get a win with a pen cover in six and eight, it motivates you the next day. Um, you know, because the Stars are going to have those days where, you know, sometimes we have to pick up those innings. So anytime we get a win like that, it's huge. Um, you know, I mean, for the most part, we held them down. Had some scary, lucky moments. Um, but talking about myself, and obviously Mitch robbing that homer. But you know, we was able to just get able to pull through, and you know, um, and obviously the offense came back, and we were able to win. You went a little above and beyond. I mean, not only lefties and righties, which you'll do from time to time, but an up and down as well. It's all hands on deck at that point. You yeah. wanted you to have the ball. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, last year I, I went two and a third after being in Washington for a week. So, I mean, I've done it in my career. I know there's probably more times than not that I haven't. But I always look at that left-right-left situation or the lefty slam uh, sandwich together with a righty in there. I always look at their – let me go out there and face them. You know, I was able to get uh, Luke Roy out yesterday and force him to walk two, but then got the next guy. So it's one of those um, – no, anytime those lineups happen, I, I I like being out there and not having to burn too many guys. You mentioned the catch that Haniger made. He actually made one the inning before that uh, you acknowledge. It was kind of it's, it's fun to see. We don't know that about you, but you're you're a little emotional out there, and yeah. you cheer them on too. Without doubt, um, you know I don't try to be too emotional with key situations like that. You know, I mean, I thought I gave up actually two homers yesterday, and Ordor <laughs> Ordor hit it right to the track, and um, you know, luckily got under it, and luckily here the ball wasn't carrying yesterday, so. Mitch was able to get that one, and obviously the one off Gallo. Um, you know, that's probably the best catch I've seen. Probably the first home where I've been out there, and then somebody's robbed for me, so I appreciate it for Mitch. Well, that's saying something. You've been around for a little Yeah, time. I mean, and luckily I usually try to keep the ball in the ballpark. And um, and so, but yesterday I thought I gave up two, but, you know, Mitch was able to bring one back, and it was huge for me. It just it, You could tell the, the momentum in the game was swinging. Hanniger's not a guy who's going to talk about himself very much, so you've probably noticed yes. that. So we've got to go to others for that. What have you noticed in him in this short time you've been with him? Just he's a gamer. I mean, he's ready to play every day. Um, he's got a great approach when he goes hits, and obviously he's playing a great right field too. So just for being a young kid, he's well put together, but you never know just by talking to him that he is young. 
Skipper had some really interesting comments in his post-game press conference last night. He mentioned that he asked for more intensity from everybody, from his coaches, from himself, and from the players. And it really seems like that off day and perhaps even a little bit of uh, extra focus, you know, prompted by the skipper helped. Yeah, definitely. I mean, first, I mean, having an off day after struggling, you kind of reset. And um, we know we have a better team than what we were playing the first 10 games. So we just had to get on a roll. And obviously sweeping a good team like Texas definitely helps us. Um, Obviously, we have to keep it going. But... You know, anytime the skipper goes out there and goes to bat for any of the players, it, whether or not it's a, the umpire's right or wrong, you know, anytime it motivates us to play and get a win for him. Down in that bullpen, um, you're kind of the veteran. <laughs> there are a lot of young guys down there. Yeah, it's weird. Um, this is the first team where I've kind of had to switch to the older older guy. Um, you know, I've always been on veteran teams. Like, even like last year, I had um, John Axford, Ryan Madsen, um, you know, Sean Doolittle, guys have been around. Um, this is a younger pen, but we're really talented. I mean, look at the guys that could come in and throw hard. Um, you know, and we're only going to get better once we get uh, Shishek back. Um, so it's just one of those, you know, we try to build off each other, but at the same time, I'm kind of I'm transitioning myself and trying to be that older guy and trying to pass some of my experience on to the younger guys. I think probably the biggest thing, I mean, they all have their pitches, but getting ready, staying in games, knowing situations, things like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, for me, being left-handed, I kind of know – when I'm going to have to turn it on and have to get loose and stuff like that. But, you know, for Fridays, you know, once that phone starts ringing, I think everybody's ready down there. So, you know, once we once we feel like we get comfortable down there and, you know, we had a good two-game start, we're going really well, and then obviously Kuma didn't pitch the way he wanted to yesterday, but we were ready to pitch, and obviously we were able to come out with a win. Lastly, interleague play, you don't see the Marlins very often, but you do, and this is where your experience helps, uh, I think, greatly for guys. Just tell us a little bit about each row facing him. Tough. Um... I faced him on the way back to 2009, back when he was even younger and faster than what he is now. Um, I remember my first time facing him, he had a ground ball short, and he beat it out. And he ended up scoring because I blocked him, and he had two ground outs. He ended up scoring, and I didn't get a ball to the infield, and it's one nothing. Um, but he's just an overall good player. I mean, obviously, we've seen what he's done for the years, being in the outfield now, being a bench guy. But he's tough out. I mean, you throw pitches in the dirt, he somehow can still hit them. So it's one of those um, kind of have to make your pitches, and hopefully hits it on the ground hits it hard enough because – He's still fast being, I think he's, what, 43 now or something like that. But, um, you know, he's a tough out. And playing these guys, this is a good, uh, good group of guys. I've always seen them be playing against them, interleague and playing in National League. Um, you know, they got a young lineup, but they got a good team over there. So we'll have to be definitely be on our, ready, uh, be on our toes, ready to, ready to play. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. But, I, you know, I like our team. I like our chances. See you later! Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.